I became a Christian in my early 20s, uh, I had an obsession which was climbing, climbing mountains, climbing rock, climbing ice. My life was all about that. And it was through an experience when I was um, ice climbing at the time that I was kind of stopped in my tracks. Well, quite, li quite literally stopped in my tracks. I got into a situation where I thought I was going to die. And even though I would have said at the bottom of that climb, I was an atheist, I found myself praying. And in the moments that followed, I, I felt a strength from beyond myself is the best way I can explain it. I kind of climbed out of that situation. And I didn't become a Christian there and then, but in the, in the weeks that followed, I started kind of searching, exploring, talking to a couple of friends who I knew were, were Christians. And a few months later, um, yeah, I, I, I became a Christian, came to faith. And at that point, my life really did do a bit of an about turn because I had plans at that point to go climbing mountains. And yet I came across this job advert to work for the Church of Scotland. Welcome to Emerging Emmaus. It's great to have you with us. Whether you're on your bike listening to this podcast, walking in the woods, taking it in live on your screen, you're welcome. And we're back together, Ruth, Steve and myself. You're going to learn a bit more about us. You must be intrigued as to who on earth these people are setting themselves up in the Emerging Emmaus podcast. Well, we'll find out a bit more about our stories. And we're going to reflect on the past three podcasts with Norman Smith and the Granton crew in Edinburgh, the Tommy McNeil story and, and the, the, the Stornoway people and what's been happening up there with the Sleeping Giant and also with uh, Fiona and Pete who are in the arts community. So let me come to you first, Ruth. Uh, you know, give us some of your, your, your reflections and sense of engagement with, with these podcasts. Neil, don't you think each of the podcasts were hugely different? I mean, I have to say that has probably been one of my biggest takeaways from the three that we've had so far. Each of them really, really different. And that's one of the things I really love about the church is that we can be so unbelievably different and so wonderfully in love with Jesus in the same way. So whether it's uh, in Granton, we heard this beautiful story of positive faith and framing faith and the community of faith in a positive uh, in a positive context and culture that filtered through to everything. And then Tommy's again was so very different with that blank piece of paper and having the boldness and the courage to listen to God, to scrape back and to grow. And then again with Fiona and Peter, it was like it was like as though you were standing on a river bank. And the river had slowed right down. It wasn't the rapids. It was a meandering deep part of the river, deep part of our faith, where art was allowing um, an opening into people's lives in an entirely different way. Uh, and I just loved the absolute variety, such beauty in the variety of the three podcasts. Indeed, indeed. And, and Steve, what about yourself? Yeah, no, that's right. They were all different. And yet, I think you said uh, the different stories, Neil, and they all told a story and we were privileged to 
to kind of lug in on how it unfolded. Um, there was a sense in, in each of those podcasts and and the real stories, the real events that they they unpacked for us of, of, a, of a dynamic, you know, over time, of of a journey, um, and in each case, there were really tough times. So thinking back to the first one with uh, with Norman and, and Linda and David, you know, the the utter shock for for Norman of discovering that his post was disappearing. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, you know, as, as you reminded us, Ruth, you know, they're very good at re reframing and seeing the opportunities in that and determined to be, to be looking forward and not looking back. Um, and then, you know, Tommy was very honest with us about his own experience of burnout and how that you know, took him out of ministry for, for a few weeks. And yet, you know, how that was a, was a catalyst for not just the next stage, but all, all that's come uh, since, since then. And then, you know, in, in the case of, of Fiona and Peter, global catastrophes, in a sense, they're, they're reflecting on through some of their artwork, you know, whether that's um, conflict or, or, or the pandemic. So, you know, that's, I think, something that struck me that, the story, the, the unfolding nature of it, but also that um, just the real honesty that, you know, life is sometimes incredibly tough. Um, and yet, in all of those stories, great sense of, of hope and optimism, because I guess in each case, they, they chose to turn Godwards. And, uh, you know, in, in turning to God, you know, they, they, they heard things, they found inspiration, they found strength. And um, and God drew um, other people into into those stories. Yes, and they've helped us to think about the way we reframe things, haven't they? And in, in Norman and and the team at Granton's situation, uh, you know, I remember Norman saying that he was quite angry with the mission plan at first, and he's had to process that. And there's a, there's a degree of lament and and sorrow and grief in that, but he has also been able to process it quite quickly because. He has stepped into another role as a presbytery clerk in another presbytery, and and meanwhile the 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 four congregations are are in the process of coming together. They're evolving uh, in terms of of mission and and restructuring, and and yet hopefully we had that sense of of hope, didn't we? And and it's about Jesus. It's about learning to 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 love Jesus, be loved by Jesus, and love people. It's beyond bricks and mortar. It's beyond buildings. Though buildings are important and serve the community and serve the purpose of, of the church. And with Tommy, the thing that really stuck with me is 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 yes, this blank sheet of paper and the 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 importance of finding the God thing, not just the good thing. And I, I, that's really been striking me because. Coming out of COVID, in, in a sense, COVID and lockdown did give us breathing space. We always, in our congregation, talked about what it, what it would be like just to stop doing everything and, and allow that breathing space and that asking God, well, what do you really want us to do? And, and there's been the danger of just taking things up again and just trying to go with it rather than, uh, what is it you really want us to do, Lord? So that, that, that's been a process we've been involved in and 
and, and reframing things as Jesus opens up the way for us at Fullerton. And then, of course, the role of the arts, uh, Pete and Fiona giving us uh, some of their examples of, of using the arts and in, in connecting with people in a, in, a, in a different way, getting under the radar uh, of people who don't have faith and people who do have faith uh, to get in touch with emotions, to have that space to to think in a different way. Perhaps people who are, uh, you know, left-brained, being able to uh, uh, be be able to get in touch with the right side of the brain, which is more creative, more willing to live with mess, and to 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 to, to reframe. The, the, their situation with the help of the arts and to, to journey forward. So there are good examples, I think, of, of, of the type of variety uh, of stories that, that we want to uh, continue to explore. And, and, and we're interested, friends, those who are listening and tuning in here, to hear <coughs> your stories, to engage with what you know has been happening in these podcasts and to suggest people's themes that you would like us to, to further explore. And we're going to give you the chance to, to hear a wee bit more from our situations and, and how things are journeying forward with us and how our stories are evolving in terms of Jesus and the road to Emmaus and the and, uh, emerging future that, that is coming. And Ruth, tell us a wee bit about yourself. You you are <coughs> you were studying for a long time. I remember reaching that point, thinking, "Ah, I can I can actually get in a bit more to ministry." But you do love studying as well, still. But how are things with you? What's happening with you? Yeah, I do love studying. I love to learn. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm a grade A student. I have to say, but I do. I I, I love I love learning, uh, and I start. I finished up. Uh, my studies and I, I graduated uh, from theology studies this time around. <laughs> I, I did say I love studying. So it's degree number three, I have to admit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I finished up back in uh, 2021 and then went into uh, my probation, uh, which was a real blessed time uh, down in Caleran in Stirling, uh, Legacy Presbytery of Stirling. Uh, and then finished probation um, last year. And I ordinarily, ordinarily, what would have happened was a final review and then I would have been looking at the vacancy lists and uh, discerning the call and placings and all the next steps with Jesus. Uh, and the mission plans came into effect or or the developing and the writing of them. And that meant that the vacancies, there was assisting. So they all stopped. As I, I think everybody listening probably knows, um, the mission plan stopped uh, any kind of recruitment, for want of a better word, of ministers uh, into churches and into charges. And that's where myself and a number of cohorts found ourselves last year. Um, but uh, we, we didn't stay in that you you might have thought that that would be an eddy in a river that just kind of goes round and round and round. But um, God's not like that. Even in times like these, he's just, he, he doesn't want us stuck in an eddy. He wants us moving and flowing onwards. And I was so thankful that Sterling Presbytery uh, met with myself and the other probationers at the time and listened to us and listened to find out what God was saying in our hearts. And we all worked together uh, to kind of put together a best um, best plan that we could possibly find for us as probationers. My experience has been that the church has taken really good care of 
the probationers for myself uh, and a cohort that finished in 2022, we were provided with an 18-month um, kind of project, for want of a better word, or a time period anyway, whereby we are employed as uh, contractually as assistant ministers. But that looks very, very different right across the country. So in September of last year, I was inducted and ordained as the Pioneer Minister with the under 40s in Dunblane. And I'm in month seven-ish, I think, uh, in Dunblane. And I love it. I love it. It's very missional. It's um, not traditional in any way, shape or form. And I guess I was half expecting that and various different kind of things that happened throughout my training, throughout my calling as I was exploring that. Uh, I felt very much just to the next step was about laying down parish ministry, what I thought that might look like. And in time, I discovered that actually what I was picking up was pioneer ministry. So I have a huge heart for folks that are not connected with church, never have been, might never will be, so they think, but they might be curious, uh, or those that maybe have been hurt by church experiences in the past. Sometimes uh, we might like to talk about that as the de-church or uh, de-church groupings, uh, but I, I, I love them. And you can put me in a community and normally I'll find a backslidden Christian somewhere <laughs> and or folks that have no connection to church but are quite happy to chat about them. I do a lot of that uh, mountain biking uh, and cycling. It's where a great love of mine lies. So to be able to do it in Dunblane with under 40s is just a treat. And um, what I've found is that I've been really inspired in, to listen uh, to the people in the community and that I was really encouraged with that because of people who listened to me during my candidacy, my probation, uh, the time in that middle point, transition point after probation, not quite sure what was going to happen and my placements, my supervisors uh, that would uh, have Zoom calls during lockdown with me and encourage me in new placements that I had uh, was growing with sports chaplaincy. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, that was Neil. Neil was one of my supervisors in training when I had a training placement with Sports Chaplaincy UK. And just there were so many nuggets of wisdom that were shared with me. And a lot of it was about listening, listening to God, listening to others. And what I'm finding now where I am now, doing the type of work that I'm doing, which is a bit unconventional some in some ways, is to listen, to listen to God, to listen to what people are saying, both inside the church and outside the church, and responding in a way that's as best I can loving and as best I can serving. And in terms of the, you know, the Emmaus story, you know, there are emotions that, that I know that you've had to work through. So first of all, at least there's been uh, the sense, here, this is not what I signed up for, or this is, you know, the probation period was supposed to lead into into mission and ministry, and it's been kind of delayed. But you've you've found an alternative, uh, which you're delighted about. So, so did you have to process a, a, a degree of readjustment and reframing? And and what about your call that 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 you're you're still following? Have the goalposts changed? Has the pitch changed, or or the forest trail changed uh, in in your terms? I want to answer the last one first, but... Um, yes, go for it. <laughs> yes is the easy answer. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I suppose 
with uh, with lockdown and COVID, one of the things that was my learning point within all of that was to be flexible. And as a church, I saw us being flexible in various different ways but in terms of how do we do ministry in a time with no buildings and what a great opportunity for church to be absolutely scattered throughout the community and being those lights all the way through that if we had been rigid at that time, we would have snapped. It, that would have been a breaking process. And I really valued learning how to be flexible. And thank goodness, <laughs> because uh, it's uh, there's been times where at the beginning and all the probation uh, kind of situation that was just completely different to everything that we expected, it was really devastating. It's been very hard uh, in terms of working all of that through because what what you hold is what you think in your head. Just it's it's gone, and I know it's been delayed and or paused or pushed to a certain you know further down the line in one sense, but actually in another sense it's been a time of stopping and it's something new that's coming in. I've got three children. They're um, middle to late-ish teenagers now and as a family we were all set up for that move we were prepared we were praying we were ready um, and that has not happened so as a family we've also been working through that but I read this great book about positively irritating and it's about a grain of sand and how in the in an eye the grain of sand is really irritating and it can scratch and cause damage but if you put that same grain of sand in an oyster, it causes the beautification of the pearl and how the context and the culture around that irritation can determine what good or not comes out of it. And so I've really tried to harness that in this whole process and to cascade that out into the family as well so that we are purposefully, intentionally finding the joy in the situation. And no matter what is ahead because it does change, to know that, well, I'll, I'll put my foot down firmly on the ground as I test it, and I'll do that joyfully. And if there's that peace from God there, then it's a good place to rest your foot. And if there's not, then it's because there's a better place. One of the difficulties, I think, is sometimes remembering that God, and this sounds weird to say, but it's remembering that God loves us. So when we're in difficult situations, which it, it has been. Remembering that God loves me, loves my family, has been really helpful because then it takes it from being a place of possible frustration and anger to going, but God loves me. So I am where I am because there's the love of God here. And then suddenly I find that I can go looking for the love of God in a day or a night or a situation rather than um, the, the weights or potential stumbling blocks. There's different ways around them. I love mountain biking, so I've said it a couple of times now. And when you come up to a kind of a technical section, quite often there's various different lines that you can take over a rock, for example. And one line would take you in a different one angle up and over a rock, and a different line would take you in another angle over the same rock. And one can have you... <laughs> ending up in the bracken, on a tree, in the mud, off your bike, not in a good way. And a different line can have you 
just clearing the rock really sweetly, enjoying it, keeping your speed and carrying on in the trail. And there's been a whole load of discernment that's needed at this time. I think not just for those of us that are in similar situations to myself coming out of probation and into new ministry, but also the wider church. It is about let's discern the will of God. Let's discern what's been said in this time and this season so that we're clearing the rock with speed and heading on to a trail that's good. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Ruth. And Steve, uh, maybe you've got questions of Ruth. Tell us a wee bit about your own situation. Uh, you're you're out of a job, I believe. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, so until the end of March, I was uh, working for the Church of Scotland as a mission development worker. I've been doing that for about 15 years. But uh, last November, my wife and I went away on a retreat. You know, that word retreat, I think sometimes it conjures up this image of like a spa. You know, you're going to go and relax and it's going to be really peaceful and maybe you're going to be in a hot tub or something. But it wasn't that kind of retreat. And um, one thing I've discovered on going on kind of prayer retreats is that often it's not that comfortable. And uh, sometimes we discover things about ourselves that we we didn't want to discover. And that was my experience back in November. Within the the first hour of our uh, weekend retreat, in the process of, of praying, I became aware that I'd become a cautious person. And I really didn't like discovering that about myself so as i was praying a number of situations came to mind where over previous months or or even years i'd been presented with some opportunity that i'd kind of backed off from in a sense and i just hated discovering that about myself i mean i I like to think of myself as an adventurous person as somebody who likes to step out in faith but I, I couldn't deny that what I was confronted with was was true. Mm. Um, and the good thing was that in the course of the rest of that retreat, I felt that somehow God released me from that. So it's the best way I can describe it. I, it wasn't something I worked out in my own head, but somehow I felt set free from that cautiousness, if you like. My wife and I reflected on that over the, the few days that followed. I thought, I need to step away from my job. Um, now, I loved my job. Um, it was a great job. I'll maybe say what I was doing in a minute. But um, So I, w- I wasn't leaving it because I was fed up or I was frustrated. But it had become for me quite comfortable. Uh, not not that it was unchallenging. I mean, there was, there was plenty of challenge in the job, but it had become a safe place for me. And I just knew somehow in my heart I had to step away from that. So, so I, I resigned um, the following week and um, I said I would finish up by the end of, of March because that's how far my commitments went ahead. And I had no idea what I would do next. And, and I still don't. <laughs> so I'm kind of uh, two weeks into unemployment as we're recording this. And I, I'm starting to explore various possibilities. But a bit like in, in the previous episode, uh, Tommy McNeil talked about that blank sheet of paper, you know, how he felt God challenged 
his congregation to stop what they were doing and to offer to God a blank sheet of paper. That's exactly what I, I'm feeling at the moment. I need to be open for something which I don't know what it is yet. I mean, there's, there's, there, I'm sure there's a common, uh, you know, running through your, your identity, uh, your DNA, Steve, is clearly a heart for mission. And some of us know you as an author, you know, tell, tell, tell us a wee bit about, about your past, yeah, and, and your ministry. So um, if we go back far enough, I, I became a Christian in my early 20s. Um, prior to that, uh, I had an obsession, which was climbing, uh, climbing mountains, climbing rock, climbing ice. My life was all about that. And it was through an experience when I was um, ice climbing at the time that I was kind of stopped in my tracks well quite li quite literally stopped in my tracks i got into a situation where i thought i was going to die and even though i would have said at the bottom of that climb i was an atheist i found myself praying mm. and yeah i didn't become a christian there and then but i had this experience where uh, i was shocked that i started praying and in the moments that followed i i felt a strength from beyond myself is the best way I can explain it. I kind of climbed out of that situation. And I didn't become a Christian there and then, but in the, in the weeks that followed, I started kind of searching, exploring, talking to a couple of friends who I knew were, were Christians. And a few months later, um, yeah, I, I, I became a Christian, came to faith. And at that point, my life really did do a bit of an about turn because I had plans at that point to go climbing mountains. And yet I came across this job advert to work for the Church of Scotland at what was then called the Badenoch Christian Centre, which is kind of outdoor centre in uh, King Craig in the Highlands. And um, I felt I had to apply for that job and, and I did. And uh, eventually I, I got it. And that's what brought me up to the Highlands in, in the first place. And it brought me into the village where I now live, actually. And, and um, at that time, the local church here was absolutely thriving. Uh, it was an incredible situation. Um, people were coming to faith on a regular basis. Um, the small church buildings we had were literally packed to the gunnels. I mean, there would be children packed into the window ledges probably probably wouldn't be allowed with health, health health and safety regulations these days but it was an amazing situation to be part of and i i thought it was normal at the time because it was the first experience of church for me um and i was kind of reading the new testament for the first time and then experiencing this i thought this was just kind of normal it was much much later that i realized that wasn't what all churches were like at some point i felt God encouraged me to get back into my climbing, but to be a little less obsessed about it and maybe find ways to, to even use that for, um, for his purposes. And um, I started a business running mountaineering courses. Part of that was taking people out to Nepal, uh, taking trips out to the Himalayas. And through a number of trips out there, I became more concerned about the people of that country and the fledgling church there and what was happening in Nepal. And eventually my, my wife Liz and I went to, to work in Nepal 
um, where we were for, for 12 years. And then um, our, our work there came to a very logical end and we came back to this country not knowing what we were going to do. And uh, I uh, ended up getting a job as mission development worker for the Highlands and Islands and did that for um, about 12 or 13 years, uh, working in the 11 most northerly presbyteries and working with congregations, running retreats, workshops, conferences, helping them, I guess, helping them listen to God and, and discern together what they felt their part in God's mission was and, and supporting them in that. And then more recently, the last couple of years, uh, the focus shifted from having a geographical uh, remit like that to specifically supporting and training and coaching people who were doing something new. So um, pioneers, people involved in fresh expressions of church, new worshipping communities, that that sort of thing, which, uh, as I say, I absolutely loved and then uh, I've recently stepped away from. And obviously uh, God's still leading you and you're not sure what's next, but I don't sense that that's phasing you. In fact, this is this being a wee bit more on the edge is is where you believe God wants you to be. Is that is that right? Yeah, that is right. It, it's not always been easy, Neil. To be honest, I mean, I think since I made that decision back in November to step away from my job, I have had moments of doubt. But partly because I did love that job. I mean, I keep joking with my wife. If I saw it advertised tomorrow, I'd probably apply for it. It was the perfect job mm -hmm. for me in so many ways. And yeah, I, I do know. Um, in my heart of hearts that uh, I've done the right thing um, and and I'm genuinely excited to see to see what happens um, but mm. yeah it, it does take a daily discipline to be honest to 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 hold on to that that expectation that sense that um, that something's something's coming and it hasn't all been a yes. terrible mistake <laughs> yes no it's it's really interesting and we pray on with you and for you uh, in that, Steve, and and, and myself, uh, I've been Fulton Parish Church minister for 33, nearly 34 years, uh, and I find that very hard to believe. I never imagined that I would uh, be, I thought that would be outstaying my welcome, really, uh, staying that long in a place. But, but God is just, you know, there's been no other place that, that we've felt called to, and, and I suppose there have been three or four congregations that I've worked with over this period, and and from the word go, it's it's been about change. It's about learning to bit by bit take folk from where they are, and journey with them in in mission. And uh, having said that, you know, with the mission plan, uh, I have to confess that the the prospect of which is the case now, and we're moving swiftly towards it, of six congregations merging into one parish, or five charges merging into one parish with, uh, you know, one set of trustees, elders session, uh, looking out for it and after it, uh, uh, is, is quite a, it's quite a daunting prospect with two and a half ministries. However, the other minister in the town who is resident, there's two of us working at the moment full time, is Jamie Millican and he's been involved uh, in Irvine and Fullerton before and, and we have a we have a, a, an understanding of each other and a shared sense of, of vision and calling now. But I have to confess that there's been a process there. Um, you know, I'm 60 
and early retirement was looking very, very attractive at the outset and thinking about all the, 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 the stress and strain it's going to involve. You know, within two years, we have to decide what we do with our buildings. Um, uh, and, and that's going to be a huge challenge. But, but, uh, but we're up for it now. But God's helped us process, and uh, we know it's not going to be easy. But what it's done is it's highlighted that we're really at the end of our rope, you know, and as Peterson paraphrases, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You know, blessed are those, happy are those who know that they're at the end of their rope, because at the end of their rope, there's more of God. And, and, and we just have this great sense that God, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to move here. And, and we, we have a sense that God is going to, He's going to help us to get our eyes off bricks and mortar buildings and onto people, loving Jesus, loving people. Uh, and that's really what it's all about. And we're going to be uh, interviewing Lindsay Brennan and some of her team in Dundonald uh, in, in a couple of weeks. And there is an example of what we've been trying to do. It's, it's learning to love Jesus, God with our all, and our neighbour as ourself, and and in down to earth, loving, living ways to to see people intrigued and drawn into the kingdom, and that that's been that's been the journey uh, that you know over the last thirty three years here in Irvine we've had, and it's been a pleasure and privilege to to grow with the people and to grow the people here uh, in 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 vision and mission. Uh, we have a we've had our vision statement for a long time, you know, for over thirty years. It's together to share the love of Jesus and make disciples through prayer, worship, learning, and example, reaching out to our community and beyond with a vision for the future. And and we've really been all about trying to intentionally grow disciples. And if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time for sure. Uh, it's really important what we aim for, and so we're hoping to grow on this. Uh, you know, a vision in, in our town. Uh, and we have had the privilege of, of seeing growth here in, in, in Fullerton Church, our Fullerton Connections, as we describe ourselves now. We've re rejigged our buildings, uh, invested in that. We have purpose-built buildings at last, which, you know, was after 26 years' frustration. We've got a cafe in between two old buildings that we use throughout the week. It's a social enterprise. We call... Fullerton Connections with an X. It's a sign of the cross, but it's also a flyover, a crossroads. We call it our, our, a people in place, a creative crossroads for caring relationships. And we have this very soft fringe, lots of people coming around, new volunteers, not as many as there were before, certainly, before COVID, but, but starting to pick up. And, and we try and encourage people to take those steps, get involved in a cause, find themselves a part of a community and, and, and become intrigued and drawn to, to, towards Jesus and, and, and stepping into his kingdom and committing to him and his people. And, and we've had the pleasure and privilege in Presbytery of being involved in setting up uh, six pioneer projects that involve digital parish, a couple of church plants uh, being attempted, using sports in active connections to connect with people and help them take steps closer to Jesus, and I work in Stewarton with people uh, in their 20s to 40s, um, and uh, I work with people with disabilities, uh, reaching out together, uh, and 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 it's been a it's been fantastic to, to be involved. In that it's no easy, 
uh, steps that they're involved with, these pioneer projects. Uh, there's no easy solution. It's all about relationships, all about growing this love for God and love for people and, and reaching out. So um, when you know, I was facing a, you know, the, the situation of having to take steps towards what really looked like thunderclouds in terms of Irvine and the readjustment here, someone who didn't know my situation handed me uh, a verse from God Works in Mysterious Ways, uh, an ancient hymn. And the verse is is one that I journey with now. And maybe it's a comfort for and a, and a challenge and encouragement to some of us who are listening here. And it, it goes like this, You fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you dread will burst with blessings on your head. And I believe that. And I, and I know that this next stretch is going to be it's going to be very, very hard. But it's in stepping out in faith. It's being stretched in faith that surely will allow God to, to move and, and work. We, we trust in, in, in new ways. So that's me. We're, we're drawing to, to, to an end, I'm afraid, of our, our podcast. But, but maybe, maybe we could uh, briefly uh, reflect on hearing each other. Uh, things that we're maybe taking away from from the chance to to listen to each other's stories. What about what about you, Ruth? Um, so I started this podcast talking about the variety between our previous podcasts, uh, from Granton and and uh, Norman and the team, and Tommy and Fiona and Peter as well, and listening uh, to both Steve and yourself, Neil. Again, I'm struck with just the wonderful variety. We are, are each of us in three very different places, uh, listening to you talking about, both of you, listening to you talk about your ministries that stretch decades. And I'm sitting here going, oh, OK, I am not going to feel overwhelmed. It's OK. You've been doing it for decades. <laughs> but it's a brilliant example that is there for us to follow. And I don't feel overwhelmed because I know both of you I've sown seeds into my life with words of wisdom about stopping for the one and about listening and loving and serving and being courageous. But in your stories today and how you've summed it up, um, Steve, my takeaway from you has just been courageous faith. And you're not prepared to compromise on that. And that, I think, is really encouraging and a good reminder as well not to compromise on having courageous faith. And Neil, if ever there is a life lesson in, in endurance, um, I certainly get that from your story. But finding and discovering these constantly as you turn the pages, you constantly find joy, you constantly find life, you're constantly finding hope. And I guess on that Emmaus journey that we are on and that doesn't end, it keeps going they travel on with Jesus and as then Jesus shares food and goes, they still go on. It's that story as well going, yeah, th this continues and our stories continue even when we are not in those stories anymore either. So, yeah, just that endurance and perseverance, but with such delight. Um, that's what I'm taking away from, from both of you today. Thanks. Thanks, Ruth. Steve? Yeah, I think I want to do something different to what you've asked, Neil. I hope you don't mind. Go for it. You, uh, you, uh, you, you shared that verse from a, 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 the hymn somebody had given to you. 
And mm -hmm. as soon as you shared that, I thought, oh, gosh, yes, there's something like that that's really important to me as well. And I think it might be important to some of our listeners here. So I was r rummaging around my desk here to find it because back in um, November time, I was reminded of the prayer of St. Brendan. And my wife and I have been praying this prayer regularly these last months, but I think it is such a great prayer for all of us in the Church of Scotland at this time, where we are we're transitioning, we're moving. God is doing something in the Church of Scotland. We're going to be different some years down the road to ha how we have been. Um, and we need to be light on our feet and nimble and responding to that. So I, I find this prayer just very timely for us at the moment and I'll just just read it if that's okay God help me to journey beyond the familiar and into the unknown give me the faith to leave old ways and break fresh ground with you Christ of the mysteries I trust you to be stronger than each storm within me I will trust in the darkness and know that my times, even now, are in your hand. Tune my spirit to the music of heaven and somehow make my obedience count for you. Amen. It's the prayer of St. Brendan. Amen. Well, that's a great way to bring our, our, our podcast to conclusion. Thank you so much, Steve and Ruth. And uh, join us uh, next time in two weeks time for our, our interview with and podcast with Lindsay Brennan and the team, some of the team from Dundonald which have a remarkable story of, of what God is doing through just learning to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. So go well everybody. In your neighbourhood trudge two dumped Jesus friends, drowning before dawning, moving through a maze of misery to an amazing Emmaus encounter. Emerging Emmaus. Good grief, our dream is dead. Going home instead, comfort of my bed. Good grief, the pain. Hope hard to sustain, love down the drain. Good grief, where have you been? What we've seen, blown to smithereens. Good grief, how our hearts burned, our minds turned, or all we learned. Good grief, don't go away. Come in to stay. You've shown the way. Good grief, how he broke the bread with hands that bled, then disappeared. Good grief, Jesus alive. No need to strive, chance to thrive. Jesus alive. Good grief, no time to waste. Now we have a taste to Jerusalem with haste. Emerging Emmaus, a well-kent lament echoes through the years. How long, how long? Good as is the grieving process, may it be a means to access visions and dreams of Christ's kingdom come. Emmaus, emerge from the gloom. Come, Holy Spirit, come. So for future podcasts, join us via the Sanctuary First website, Facebook page and app, and also via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Come on, tune in.